Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Julie Devlin, Senior H Senior Partner HCM Advisory at UKG and has just been awarded a Top 100 HR Influencer title. Hi, Julie. Hi, Simon. Great to be here with you. Thanks for coming on. I know you're busy traveling all over the world. I think we're, we're speaking and you're actually, we're actually in the same country. You're in the UK at the moment, aren't you? It's it, I, I am in the UK. It's my first time here in London and it's been fantastic. Everyone's been uh, so very kind and uh, really, really enjoying my time here. So yes, I we are in the same time zone, it appears. Good. So, well, I'm not sure the weather's been that kind, but at least uh, <laughs> at least us Brits are being kind, which is which is a good thing. Um, and congratulations on your top 100 HR influence. I think that's just recently been announced, hasn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, it was quite the nice surprise. Uh, it was by a company called Engagely. They do a, a an annual list of top 100 HR influencers in different categories, and I was fortunate enough to be named in the talent management category. And it was a very nice surprise. Uh, very, very humbled to be uh, among such a esteemed, uh, you know, colleagues there or or peers, if you will, in not colleagues, <laughs> peers in uh, on that list. So uh, thank you for mentioning that. No problem. No problem. And you work for UKG. We've had a couple of your colleagues on in previous episodes, but do you want to just remind the listeners about what UKG does and the kind of things, industries you help? Absolutely. We help all industries. Uh, we are we are literally a, a, around the world, a global company. Um, and uh, we do everything from hire to retire when it comes to uh, workplace technology. So uh, we're, uh, you know, cloud based um, and uh, really, you know, onboarding uh scheduling, uh, timekeeping, uh, everything and everything in between. Uh, we provide the technology that workplaces can utilize uh, to really help their people thrive. And for those in the UK, probably known as Kronos for a good number of years before the kind of marriage with um, Ultimate. So for those of you that use Kronos, you'll have seen it rebranded now UKG. And for those that didn't know Kronos, it was uh, Kronos before UKG. So that, there's the plotted history. Yes. Yes. We merged over the pandemic, which was not exactly ideal, but we managed to take two 6,000 person uh, companies and, and merge them completely virtually, which is pretty amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe maybe not uh, what you plan to do again. And I'm sure we're not planning for another pandemic, but uh, no. a good time to get it done, I suppose. Absolutely. <laughs> so I know your kind of um, world is in that kind of HCM space. And, and one of the things I think would be interesting to talk about is, I suppose, you talked about the employee life cycle that UKG help with from some people call it cradle to grave that may be a bit uh, pessimistic but we're, we're certainly in the UK experiencing a really strange time where costs are rising um, we have national living wage and that's just been announced it'll go to a minimum of 11 pounds an hour from next April when our kind of tax year starts organizations regardless of type I think are experiencing really high labor turnover Clearly, mental health and wellness at work is a, a much bigger angle now for all organizations and individuals. I'm not sure if you're seeing the same in the States, but I'll just kind of leave it with one stat that I've heard recently, that for every two employees that joined a, com- joined a company in the UK retail hospitality last year, more than one left within 12 months. Yes, that sounds very, very accurate. <laughs> 
Um, in fact, I'm surprised that it's that long of a time. You know, there are there are studies out there, and, and UKG has a, a research arm that does global workplace research. It's called WorkforceInstitute.org. Um, there are studies out there that show that if folks don't have a good onboarding experience or don't have good workplace technology, that they're going to leave the organization within, uh, say, 45 uh, days to 90 days or so. So, yes, um, the turnover is absolutely uh, uh, an issue. Uh, It it transcends international waters, I would say. Um, it's it's absolutely something, and you know, you mentioned the uh, the employee life cycle. Um, I, I like to call the the employee uh, the employee journey, but along that journey, there are so many moments that matter, and moments that matter uh, are these in these snippets of time that create a lasting emotional impression on someone. Uh, and there are so many of these that happen at work that many of the either whether it's HR or, or managers who's ever doing whatever task it is, say onboarding someone or doing a performance review or teaching them how to clock in and clock out. We see that as sort of a part of part of our job. It's our job to teach someone how to do that. But for them, it's an, it's a daily thing and it's something that actually matters and it helps to shape their sentiment regarding the workplace and in particular whichever workplace they're working for um you know there's always that old adage that not, no one really remembers what you say to them but they always remember how they make you you feel right it's 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 all about the, those feelings and yeah. i think that employees today with the workplace uh feelings actually matter more than probably ever yeah, I'd agree. And I mean, I've not got any stats, but one of the things that's probably not talked about in that whole transient population of people that are coming and going seemingly all the time at the moment in organisations is the cost of recruitment, onboarding, training, uniform, exiting, re-recruiting. That That's not free time, is it? Leaders are doing some of that. Head office now are doing some of that with these kind of automated recruitment portals. So it, there's a big on cost to having such big churn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't recognize just how much it costs to hire and then have to replace an employee. And it's, it really, really does matter the kind of experience that we're providing these folks, uh, from day one. And I would even go farther than that and say, what kind of experience are we providing them before day one? Uh, because there's a school of thought that onboarding at an organization starts before that someone even walks in the door. It starts with the perception that someone has of your organization. It starts with your online, uh, the, the chatter that's going on online about your organization. So I suggest that organizations, uh, folks who, the stakeholders, uh, should should always be aware of that conversation, both good and bad, and do everything that you can uh, to control that conversation online because perception is reality. Yeah, and I, I think it, it's one of those, isn't it? If if you've got those warning bells, alarm signals in your head, and let's call it the honeymoon period, because before you've started everything, it looks rosy, doesn't it? The grass is greener and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a friend of mine, when mentioning companies' names, applied for a role. And he actually got an email that said, sorry, you're, you've not been successful to get to the kind of final stage of this. 
Then he had one half an hour later that said, we're delighted to invite you to the final stage of this job. <laughs> swiftly, followed, swiftly followed by a phone call that said, oh, we're really sorry. We've sent the wrong emails to the wrong people. And it, oh. I kind of, his response was, well, which, which one's true? And thankfully, it was the one you threw to the next round. But when we were, were chatting and he was telling me the story, I was kind of, if they can't get that right at this stage, what must that company be like to work for when you're employed? That is a fantastic story and a perfect example of how things can go wrong. Uh, it, it, it's these moments that matter. Uh, and here's the thing. You just proved that this was not your experience. This was your friend's experience. So now you have, whenever you think of whatever organization that is, that is the first uh, impression that you have of that organization. They didn't have uh, everything together. Uh, so you're right. How could they, how could the rest of the employee uh, journey be, <laughs> be good <laughs> um, if they can't get that right? You know, there's another big problem that's going on today with organizations ghosting applicants, meaning, meaning uh, ghosting them uh, and, and basically just not even giving a reply Um, or, or reaching back out to someone who applies for a job and maybe asking a few questions and then they'll never be heard from again. So that, that again, you know, shapes people's um, opinion of organizations. Yeah, and it, it made me wonder if there was somebody, unfortunately, else who'd had a yes, you're through to the next round of this job that actually wasn't. So if they've mixed it up one way, could they have mixed it up the other, which is probably an even more awkward conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> and I think, again, we talked on different podcasts around the different generations in the in the workforce, you know, baby boomers, X, Y, Z coming through to, to alpha uh, in the near future when they start to enter the workplace. And I think you touched on it before there's there's this expectation and I think that's the right word of really some I'd call it hygiene factors that I expect as an employee now so I probably expect my payslip to be online and to be able to look at it whenever I want I expect a workforce management solution to give me my schedules on an app to be able to shift swap shift bid uh, more increasingly over in the UK and I'm, I'm sure it's probably a bit more advanced in the states is this kind of pay on demand so I'm mm. working an extra shift for you tomorrow and I can pull down the pay maybe the day after so organizations that aren't working towards that uh, or don't already have that in place I suspect are suffering even more with this high level of churn that we're experiencing. Absolutely. In a day and age where I can purchase a car with my cell phone with just a few clicks, I don't want to have to go back in time at work when I when it comes to my workplace technology. Um, we don't think of a lot of times organizations don't put enough emphasis on just how important a good HR tech stack is for organizations. Again, going back to that employee journey and those moments that matter along the way. All of those touch points create that lasting impression. And if I have to struggle or if, if the software that I'm utilizing isn't effective, you know, that's going to hurt productivity um, because I'm going to be spending time figuring out how do I get someone to cover my shift um, if I'm unable to do it, if I have to go through three or four folks to, to even, you know, to even get the answer to that question. Giving employees, you know, we, we all we're obviously with the cell phones and everything, we, we are all um, uh, used to that autonomy where we're able to do things on our own. And I think that 
putting an emphasis, it goes beyond HR software, really all of the technology that we're providing to our employees from a tools perspective uh, is important. You know, I think that uh, a lot of, a lot of people that I speak to, and I have the good fortune of talking to HR professionals uh, and business professionals across the world. um, They, they always say, or I always ask, you know, do your employees have the tools that they need to get their job done? And it always gives people pause because the, my next question is, if in your head you say, yes, my employees have what they need to get their job done efficiently and effectively, um, my next question is, how do you know? When is the last time you surveyed or, or talked, better yet, had a conversation with employees as to whether or not they have the tools and technology they need to get their job done? Um, because, the, you know, when the, we're talking about hiring and we're talking about onboarding and that kind of thing, get, having a good system in place with that and good technology with that will increase time to productivity. But it's not just increasing the time to productivity, it's the productivity itself. And is that relevant on an ongoing basis? Yeah, and I think the the one thing, and clearly we we should acknowledge that some of these solutions in big organizations are, are expensive and, and difficult to do on scale, but nonetheless are becoming easier and easier as technology becomes more pliable, the cloud, um, ways of rolling out and communicating with frontline colleagues. But we shouldn't shy away from if your colleagues aren't productive, they're probably spending less time with customers, therefore less opportunity to sell. Motivation is probably not great, so therefore they're more likely to leave. So if, if we think about the end game, it's around, you know, I think most organizations would recognize if you have on the whole, because not everybody's always going to be happy, a happy consensus of colleagues that typically relates to good experiences for customers and all then the halo effect of uh, less churn, therefore less recruitment, therefore less of that invisible cost. Absolutely. And, you know, Simon, you mentioned earlier um, employee expectations and how employee expectations have changed. The pandemic shifted a lot of things, but I think it's important for us to recognize that even prior to the pandemic, employee expectations were shifting. There's a concept uh, that, that I talk often about called the psychological contract at work. Um, and for those listening, you may or may not be familiar with it. It's that exchange relationship between the employer and the employee as it concerns mutual expectations of fairness and balance. So in, in layman's terms, uh, are you as the employer providing me with what I'm expecting as the employee and, and vice versa? Um, it's a two-way street. It's an unspoken contract, unwritten contract, not something you can see, not something you can sign, but it makes up everything when it comes to the employment relationship. And whenever that contract or those expectations are out of balance, organizations need to work harder to try and put it back it, into balance. And that has to do much with communication um, and, and many, many other factors. So if we think of the workplace if we think of the work, if we think of work as an iceberg, and we look, at, we think about what's above that line, that water line, the things that we see, we generally see work and pay, and those things are generally agreed upon. Whether they are happy, that's another story, but they're generally agreed upon when someone's hired. But if you think about everything that's underneath that iceberg, from the hours worked by the employee, or the safety and the security provided by the employer, or um, the benefits offered by the employer, uh, or or the, um, I, I mean, you you name it, the 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 extra time that that someone is putting in on certain tasks, 
know, those are the things that really make up the employee and the employer relationship, those things that we can't see underneath the iceberg. Absolutely. And and as you said, that kind of shift started pre-pandemic as, as maybe intensified post-pandemic onwards. And and what does the future look like? So in your in your conversations, where do you see things heading? Is it just kind of iterations on what we do today or is there going to be some seismic shift somewhere? Well, I wish I had a crystal ball to, uh, but I, if I had to, if I had to guess based on what we've experienced, I think there will be more seismic shifts, except those seismic shifts uh, happen to, they happen to be uh, sort of over time. It's not, it's not an all in one, you snap your fingers. I mean, if we think about the pandemic, work changed overnight. But since then, and since there's been the whole return to office movement and everything, what employers are seeing is that expectations have shifted um, from the perspective of organizations uh, or employees, their, their, um, their priorities have changed. The pandemic revealed a lot of different things for people from a personal level and, and especially revealed the importance of their time and where they're spending their time and where they're not spending their time. So I think as employers, we need to make sure that we are giving folks a reason uh, to want to uh, spend time at work and treating them uh, from a human perspective. Because uh, if, if we, we can no longer as employers look at the person as just the worker, we have to recognize that the, the shift between or the, the, the balance of work life, that's really generally a myth. The, the work-life balance with our 24-7 culture uh, and our 24-7 connectivity, unfortunately, those lines have been so blurred. It's almost hard to talk about, oh, you just need to have work-life balance or whatever that is. Because work-life balance for me may look a little bit different than work-life balance for you, for example. Um, Because all of us, I I always say over the pandemic uh, and even prior to and now, we were all in the same boat in terms of what we were going through from a, a societal perspective, but not all of us were in the same kind of boat. You had some folks who were in a yacht and had and th- were able to thrive during that time. Uh, you had some folks in a speedboat. Things were just going too quickly. Heck, you have some folks who are have lost the life jacket a long time ago and are just trying to tread water. So when we see, we hear these cliches, oh, we're all in this together and that kind of thing, I think it's important for us to recognize, no, we're not all in this together in the same kind of way. And that goes back to the mental health conversation too. I think that's important to to touch on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's going to be an interesting time, isn't it? And part of me wonders whether we see a pivot and everybody who's working at home or hybrid and ends up in next year's time working back in the office because we've all lost the human touch if that makes sense and virtual meetings have taken over uh, and and how that impacts kind of again mental health or if it draws the other way and actually offices are just some thing of the past that we've we've left behind and unless you're a frontline worker in a customer facing organization you kind of almost accept the fact you rarely if ever see some of the the peers that you work with yes and i think one of the things that we lost over the pandemic is or we we were we it was amplified just how important the social interaction that we get from work how much that provides to our lives um, and there's a there are some schools of thought out there and some things that I've read that have talked about this loneliness epidemic. So it's like we 
companies are asking folks to return to to the office, and that I think that's partly because. Um, you know, we, we have to get back to that, that human to human, uh, conversation. Technology is, is fantastic and it has enabled us to thrive and continues to enable us to thrive, but, um, and and to work across international borders and time zones, et cetera. But I think there's something to be said about innovation and productivity. When you get people in a room, you mentioned generations earlier, I used to think of generations as other. Um, I, I'd done presentations in the in the past, um, but I've stopped thinking of them that way. My, my whole thought on generations has shifted. Generations at work, I believe that ha- having more generations at work is is a, a stark positive, because when you get people in a room who have different backgrounds, who have been at a company with different uh, for different amounts of time, who have you know have seen it all, and then you have people who are, are new who've seen nothing. That's where innovation thrives because you can have those conversations and talk about what has worked in the past, and then you can bring new ideas to the fold. The, the idea, though, is that we have to be willing to listen to people. Um, and, and again, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity there uh, for organizations to lean into the the power uh, of generational differences rather than uh, you know the boomers not getting along with Gen Gen Z, etc. Yeah, and I, I still get back to regardless of organization the the best say the best the probably pandemic is going to disprove exactly what i'm about to say now but some, <laughs> of, some, some of the best ideas are the ones by the coffee machine or when you inadvertently walk past somebody in the corridor in the office and say oh i meant to speak to you about so and so and and that kind of off the cuff conversation that some planned unscripted we we seem to have got into a world that's very uh meeting virtual meeting orientated there's not much chat prior or post a meeting because you're conscious you've overrun and you're on your next one where the the magic happened in those bits yes and some of the arguments from employees who have been asked to return to the office is okay i'm going to come to the office and i'm still on virtual meetings so so what is the point um yeah yeah, I've, I've I've seen that way. We, we've been to meetings and they've it's been deemed a face to face because it's important and you get there and then it's kind of oh so and so and so and so and so and so we're dialing in and it's kind of oh fifty percent of the audience aren't here now. The point was we'd all be we'd all be in one place and from a practical productivity point of view, yes, less uh, time traveling, therefore you can do more work, which is good or bad thing, I suppose, debate. Um, from an environmental point of view, less fossil fuels and less travel and petrol or train or whatever. So there's there's always that balance to find, isn't there? But yeah, I, I've seen that quite a lot recently of face-to-face meetings, but then it ends up being online as well. So you, you question the, the effort everybody's made or the ones that have made to get there have, have put in the effort. Yeah. And what I find is that when we talk about return to office, companies do not good a, do have not done a great job explaining the why to employees. They just were like, OK, well, OK, it's over. So you have to come back to the office. But not these are the reasons we need you to come back to the office. And I think that companies will be well, uh, well positioned uh, and, and really gain more trust from employees and more buy in for coming back to the office if they were able to explain the whys, even if that why is because we have a very expensive lease for our office building. At least that's saying something. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I think that that transparency goes a long way. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it, again, I think you, whether you've seen it or not in London this week, there's there's that whole 
I work from home probably Thursday, Friday, come in the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So from, again, local um, coffee shops and, and restaurants, you know, th- their world's being decimated by the fact that in these big cities, they've probably got three days of trade and then it, it kind of flat lines maybe over the weekend you get tourists, but it must be difficult to manage the kind of whole ecosystem around that as well. Absolutely. Uh, there's so many repercussions from employ- employers going uh, going completely virtual um, or, or even hybrid, like you mentioned. Uh, the, the, the ripple effect uh, really does have a, an impact on, on so many other folks. Absolutely. Well, I know you're busy, so appreciate <laughs> your time and uh, I'll, I'll let you get back to exploring London, but it's been fascinating to, to meet and catch up, Julie. We'll put your LinkedIn profile on the show notes if people want to find out more, they can get in touch directly and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your time in London. Thank you so much. Fantastic conversation. Appreciate it.